You're listening to the Expert Insights Podcast, the home of leading cybersecurity conversations. Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Expert Insights Podcast. This is Joel Witz, Content Director at Expert Insights. I'm excited today to share our conversation with Ronnie Manning, the CMO at Ubico, recorded live at the 2023 RSA conference in San Francisco. We talked about the evolution of phishing attacks, why organizations should look to implement phishing-resistant MFA, and future trends in the identity and access management landscape. So, Ronnie, thank you very much for uh, chatting with us today. Uh, it would be great just to start if you could give us a bit of an introduction to yourself, your background and your, your role at Ubico. Yeah, thank you. Uh, glad to be here. So, I've, um, I'm Ronnie Manning. I'm currently the uh, Chief Marketing Officer at Ubico. I've actually been uh, with the company around 10 years now, so I've really seen uh, quite an evolution from where we were 10 years ago to where we are today, not only with uh, the, the advancement of security keys, the advancement of authentication protocols, but also where these keys are used everywhere, uh, in different verticals, different organizations, and just the broad scale that uh, modern phishing-resistant MFA with hardware security keys has gone. Absolutely, yeah, and of course Ubico is a global leader in secure access and authentication. So what, what are the biggest challenges that organizations are finding today when it comes to securing access to devices and accounts? And how have threats evolved since you spoke to Expert Insights at last year's RSA conference? Yeah, I mean, it's, um, there, there's a lot of the same, to be honest. If, yeah. you, if you walk around the show floor, you're going to see um, that stolen credentials and phishing and, and all of those sort of attacks are continuing. Uh, to uh, maybe continuing isn't even the right word they're, they're growing they're yeah. coming at a much higher scale um, but what's interesting and I think that we've seen this with some of the phishing attacks that have happened over the last year is it's not necessarily a piece of malware or a piece of code or someone breaking into a computer or a system to gain access we're seeing people using kind of more traditional social engineering tactics Absolutely. to actually speak with the person where, the, where the, the individual themselves can be tricked into giving away uh, the methodology or the, or the token or the, the code to be able to get in. For example, you could pose as someone from Help Desk and I may be working remotely, I'm out of the umbrella uh, of the corporate security that I normally would have. I may not be tech savvy or I may just not be paying attention that day. Someone calls representing help desk saying that they need my OTP code, something along those lines, and, and me just wanting to get off the phone could say, okay, well, here's that code right now. Um, so this is not a break-in. This is just someone asking someone for that, that code to be able to get in. I give it away and someone's able to hack into uh, the organization. And we've seen this happening a lot uh, where Ubico kind of, uh, fits differently there is that we're not going to be producing these uh, OTP codes uh, per se. We're using modern authentication protocols, what we consider to be phishing-resistant MFA uh, to block uh, access Absolutely. and stop people from hacking in. Yeah, uh, phishing is so interesting, isn't it? And there's so many different tools out there. It's, I think it's perhaps the biggest single topic that our readers uh, yes. sort of interested in. You know, phishing is such a major concern. Absolutely. And there's sort of the email side, and then you've got the awareness training side and phishing simulations. You know, just how important is MFA and identity controls and the sort of hardware tokens in, in terms of actually being able to prevent account compromise that yeah. as a result of phishing? You, you mentioned something is that it can be on the individual yes. where you need to train people yes. to not make the wrong decision. Yeah. 
and really what these modern authentication protocols that Ubico has co-created, put into FIDO, which is FIDO2 WebAuthn, yes. those actually take the onus away from the individual for making that decision and put the security in the physical keys themselves. So if someone is trying to um, get that information from you, they can't because it all resides in the, in the YubiKey. You know, there's there's that public key, private key pair that when I press this, it's going to do that handshake and allow me in. So that's where that term phishing resistant comes from. And, and I think that's important because no matter, no, no matter or no amount of training, you know, is going to be 100%, especially if you are a really, really large organization. All it takes is for one person to make a mistake and, you know, not doing anything malicious, but literally make a mistake that could allow someone access in. Absolutely. And yeah, you mentioned FIDO2, uh, Ubico, Ubico, of course, is a major contributor yep. to the authentication standards. Um, and I think it's fair to say there's a big uh, increase in the consumer space with Apple passkeys yep. and Google rolling out FIDO credentials. And it's pretty amazing that yep. sort of all new iPhones, are, you know. But what about organizations? You know, how important is the move to FIDO for the enterprise? And sort of how, how, how can organizations help push adoption out of yeah. the users? So I'll take it from the technology side of the YubiKey. So the way that the YubiKey is built is to offer what we like to call a bridge to modern MFA, a bridge to passwordless, a bridge to phishing-resistant MFA. So it supports multiple authentication protocols, anything from you know typical or, or, or maybe um, uh, more basic OTP, all the way to smart card, all the way to modern FIDO. So within an organization, uh, there can be many different sort of uh, tech stacks that are in place. And these keys themselves are built to meet an organization wherever they are. So maybe one part is using, um, you know, older sort of Active Directory, another is using uh, modern um, Azure. So you're able to actually use that same YubiKey across all of these different sort of technologies, uh, which is a really good benefit to it. You don't have to have a different sort of authentication mechanism for different services. Yeah. Uh, FIDO itself is really what we're working really heavy to push the market towards. You know, it is phishing resistant, it is modern, um, it is easy to deploy, and what's the great thing about it is um, regardless of how many applications and services use it, you're able to use a single authenticator to have that same user experience of touching the device that verifies it's me, that's going to do that handshake, and then I'm going to get access into the system. One of the things we've you know, started to see a lot more of is these MFA bypass and MFA fatigue attacks. Do you think that as adoption of these FIDO technologies increases, we're likely to see more of these kind of attacks going forward? And is hardware authentication ultimately the most secure way to, to sort of stop those things? Yeah, I mean, we've kind of kind of mentioned this earlier, but it, it, it's it's the employee making a mistake. Yeah. You know, if it's a, if it's a, a push attack or a, or a MFA fatigue attack, my phone may be ringing. You know, touch it to okay this touch it, and I'm getting sick of saying no, no, no. That eventually, to get it to stop <laughs> stop yes. ringing, I'm going to hit yes, okay, to send that, and little do I know that I'm actually giving that code someone who's going to use it maliciously. So, yes, absolutely. You know, hardware security keys, Yubi keys in particular, are noted to be the gold standard of, of authentication right now. And that is because it is a physical device that's not connected to the internet. You only use it when you need to authenticate in. With a lot of FIDO um, supported application services, you can use it once and then you're going to stay 
uh, trusted on that device, yeah. but if someone were to get my username and password uh, and try to get in, they still need that physical key. So it really is separating um, the authentication into the system and having that physical device just like a house or car key that I needed to get into there, I need the physical key to be able to get into my cloud-based, you know, internet sites and, 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 you know, everything that I have there. Absolutely, yeah. So, you know, as photo pass keys on smartphones become more widespread and I think yeah. people are going to get more used to using them, yep. what do you see as the future, future of sort of hardware authentication keys? I think I read a recent article where, you know, someone suggested that these keys could be critical backups for sort of software-enabled authentication apps. Do you sort of agree with that assessment? Like so so passkeys come in, in two forms. Yeah. There's there's going to be uh, um, device-bound or hardware-bound, which would be that passkey residing on a YubiKey. Yes. And I should say, a, you know, a passkey is technically a FIDO credential, which yeah. we have had, we've been doing since 2014. Absolutely. Um, so there's going to be that uh, side, the, the, the passkey, the hardware-bound passkey that, that sits on the device, and then there's going to be the shareable sort of passkeys that is going to be on uh, your iCloud account and those sorts of things. So this, this is creating really, really positive motion for the adoption of these standards. Uh, I think that you know, it's not going to be a silver bullet of, of copyable or, or syncable will solve every problem. I think that you we're going to see that go a lot more kind of in the consumer space and those sorts of things, but there are going to be a lot of enterprises because of certain scenarios such as mobile restricted areas or call centers or whatever it be, maybe it's um, a pharmaceutical or a, or a research company where they actually aren't going to allow mobile devices in there that we're going to see a lot of motion to continue to use hardware security keys for that. You know, I think it's going to be more um, of a choice, but really from the enterprise, they want to make sure that they uh, have a very high level of security that is going to reside on the physical key because that passkey is going to be hardware bound and not potentially shareable to where it could actually be sent to someone uh, by accident that would that would get it out. Um, can you discuss any new technologies or approaches that Ubico is exploring to better improve identity and authentication security for organizations? I think some of the things that we can talk about there is what we're doing to help organizations deploy these technologies. So earlier this year, we actually um, came out with uh, an update to our subscription service. So this is pretty unique within the security key industry is that we're now um, not only selling keys by uh, perpetual, but also allowing for larger organizations to buy via subscription. And the great thing about this is that it comes with a lot of add-on features. So it's, it's going to be sold based on uh, the user and not the keys themselves. And if, let's say you're an organization with 5,000 people, you may not know what laptop or what technology every individual's user when you're making that purchase. So through a subscription model, you're actually able to go through and say, well, I, I'm going to buy these 500 now because, and they need USB-A. I'm going to buy these 1,000 in a month, and that's going to be mobile, so maybe I want to go with the lightning-enabled key. Uh, however it be, and what that is going to add is real flexibility for people to deploy UV keys. Um, additionally, uh, we have professional services that really uh, can go in. We can help organizations deploy this technology based on whatever sort of integration or support there is uh, inside. And we also um, offer a delivery uh, mechanism as well. Organizations are very dispersed right now. There's almost every, every organization has people working from home. So we actually take that logistical challenge and we're able to send out keys uh, to individuals to be able to protect them. 
Uh, additionally, uh, you know, we're, we're adding new keys to um, our, our, our list. We just added um, some newer uh, enterprise uh, security keys. They used to be blue, now they're black, so everything is in alignment, they're all together in that standpoint as well. But, you know, we're, we're going to continue to look to advance what we're doing to A, um, bring the best technologies out there, make sure we're supporting passkeys in the best way possible, but also work with our partners and our ecosystem to make implementing and, and getting YubiKeys up and running within an organization as seamless and easy as possible. Fantastic. And then uh, my final question to you yep. is, how do you see the identity and access management landscape evolving in the coming years? And what should organizations be doing now to prepare for some of those changes? It, so one of, the, one of the things that came out um, about two years ago was an executive order from the White House. And this has continued to build momentum. And really what that uh, order said is that any organization that's working in the public sector or, or is a federal, you know, part of the federal government and any organization within that supply chain needs to move away from basic MFA and move towards this phishing resistant MFA. So from the management of identities themselves, this is going to be a trend that we're seeing that, um, you know, in order to accurately be able to do that, uh, you have to be using multi-factor authentication that not only um, meets this mandate, but also is, is the best to secure these users' identities, uh, you know, to, 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 to put it in that, in that framework. So uh, I continue to see this, this momentum go where um, the visibility and the education about what is considered phishing resistant, which is FIDO, which is smart card, and we sit in a very unique position because a YubiKey can handle both of those, uh, will just continue to grow um, and I think that this is totally an awareness thing as well. I mean, we just did some research that more or less is saying people are aware that there's vulnerabilities with SMS and with OTPs. However, they're still using this. So the question is, why are they using it when this technology exists that can actually better secure these organizations while making it a better user experience for their employees as well? Absolutely. Thank you very much. Thank you. Insights podcast. For more, please subscribe or visit expertinsights.com to find interviews with experts and trusted reviews of top cloud solutions.